If talking about new travel destinations or discovering the latest travel gadgets gets your heart racing just like mine, well then, you are in the right place. Hello there, I'm Katrina Rountree and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Come, our podcast about the wonders of travel, a place where we share memories from recent trips and we dream about upcoming adventures. So get your passports ready and join me for Journeys to Come. Now, more and more people are either having a stop-off point in Dubai and they're spending one or two nights just breaking up their trip, or what's becoming more and more popular is to specifically go to Dubai and maybe spend a week just soaking up that beautiful weather, and there are so many amazing things to do. So so I'm here not just to do hotels, not just for a stopover. I'm here to... to have a cultural experience, of course, to go shopping. Head out on safari and talk to as many locals and expats as I possibly can to share all the tips. Want more travel in your day? Well then, join us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Journeys to Come and follow us. And while you're there, hey, how about you share your own travel pics and stories with the hashtag Journeys to Come. It's the world's only seven-star hotel and lucky for us... There's an Aussie expat in charge. I caught up with Scott Murray, the manager of Burj Al Arab, to find out about his dream job. How did you end up running the show here at the Burj? Look, I think as, a, uh, as an Australian, I had a dream. I had a dream to move offshore, uh, and I followed my dreams. Um, you know, I've probably lived in nine countries in the last 21 years. Uh, I've moved around. I've soaked up experiences. Um, you know, I've learned from the best uh, and I've climbed the ladder. What is it about that Aussie spirit or Aussies in, in general um, that takes them to the top? I've met so many people doing so well over here. It goes back to the Anzacs. It's, uh, you know, it's hard work. I mean, we're not afraid of, uh, you know, rolling up our sleeves and getting mm. stuck in and, um, you know, making the most of whatever situation. So here you are at the Burj. What makes this a seven-star hotel, the only seven-star hotel in the world? We are, you know, as our, as our phrase says, the world's most luxurious hotel. And, you know, with that comes a very high expectation and a very high bar that we have to meet with every guest interaction and every guest experience. So, look, we, we don't say we're seven-star. We are five-star. We are at the upper, upper end of absolute luxury. Uh, Every guest that walks through the door should experience that. I've got a few questions others have wanted to ask me. Is it true that there are four staff members to each guest? No, that is not true. There's actually between seven and eight no. staff members what to each guest. What do they all guest. do? You know, every suite that we have in the hotel, mm-hmm. uh, it's, they start at 180 square metres. They're all duplexes. Uh, they're, they're probably five times the average size of a a room in a hotel. Um, we full butler service throughout the hotel. So whatever you want, 24 hours a day, ask the butler. What was the, yours. What's the strangest request you've had? No comment. Oh. <laughs> okay. What is the deal with the amenities in the room? I've heard, I've, I've heard they're pretty good. Yeah, we have, uh, we've been working with Hermes since 1999. Uh, Hermes have been a great uh, partner of ours. Um, all the amenities in the room are full-size amenities and, you know, you stay with us, you experience your time with us at the Burj Al Arab and those amenities, everything in the room, it's yours. 
I loved, I would love that. I would love that. I'd nick everything, except the towels, don't worry, except the towels, I wouldn't take the towels. Now, I've also been asked to ask you about the suitcases. What happens with the guest suitcases? Yeah, every suitcase is uh, whisked up to the suite. Uh, everything is unpacked by the butlers. Uh, all the ironing, laundry, whatever needs uh, are there. Mm -hmm. Everything is done by the butler. Um, the moment you walk into the room, the butler will be there unpacking your suitcase, organising your room, so immediately you can go into relaxation mode. Who stays here? We actually have two really distinct types of guests. We have our guests who are what I would call the aspirational guests, the guests that would be coming here for a special occasion, whether that be a honeymoon, a wedding anniversary, a birthday, or, you know, your international guest who just wants to come for one or two nights to experience mm. the luxury of the Burj Al Arab. Uh, beyond that, of course, we have our, our very much our, our repeat guests that uh, you know could come as much as 10, 12 times a year, um, and they're very much the high net worth individuals. And beyond that, of course, celebrities and uh, names that I just can't mention. Okay, well, I could mention that Justin Bieber was Who? yeah, Who? Justin Bieber was just here, and I believe that the hot spot was your brand new terrace. Tell us about the new terraces because I've heard that um, it's really altered um, I don't know, do I say the mood of the hotel? Is that is that right? The clientele? Yes, that's right. I mean, the, the, the Burj initially was really set up to be quite a traditional hotel, uh, full butler service so when, when you're in the hotel it is very traditional. The addition of the, the terrace at, at the, the back of the, the hotel uh, it's a 10,000 square metre platform, two swimming pools, salt water, fresh water, 32 air-conditioned cabanas. And it has changed the, uh, the style of the hotel. I mean, since we opened last year, we found a lot more uh, leisure guests are now coming to stay with us, increasing the length of stay. Mm. Uh, so people traditionally would stay one or two nights. We're, we're seeing that's increasing now to three to five nights. Um, so the guests have actually got a, a better experience again with the Burj. Um, and we're moving into the future. The terrace is very contemporary, while the inside of the hotel is quite traditional. And is it true that it was built off-site so you didn't disturb the guests? That's correct. So we didn't disturb the guests and, of course, the fish and the marine life. Uh, the, the terrace was actually built in Finland uh, by a shipping company, and it was brought over here uh, on separate ships, barges, in eight different pieces, uh, and similar to Lego constructed and uh, put together very quickly, only, only as you do in Dubai. Mm. Um, and, and look, it, the terrace is very much a reflection of what Dubai is all about. The ambition of the ruler, His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum. But no, that is Dubai. I mean, nowhere else in the world you would build anything like the terrace. And, uh, you know, look, I think if you come to Dubai, you have to come to the Burj, without a doubt, and you have to come and see the terrace. I can tell by your accent. You've worked all over the world. I know that you've been away from Australia for many, many what, years. What accent? It, it's there. It's subtle. <laughs> it is subtle, but it's there. Scott, for you, when you walk into your office, so to speak, here at the Burj, in your heart, what are you, what are you totally impressed by? I probably work in one of the most beautiful um, hotels, beautiful buildings, most iconic buildings in the world. Um, you never get tired of it. Mm. Um, you know, I have, I have a job. But it's beyond a job, it's, it's a lifestyle. Uh, it's a responsibility that I have to His Highness, a responsibility 
that I have to uh, the destination of Dubai itself. It's a massive responsibility. I mean, I'm not running a small hotel. I'm running probably the world's most luxurious hotel, the world's most iconic hotel, the world's most photographed hotel, uh, the hotel that people dream of coming to, the hotel that celebrities stay in. Uh, it's a massive responsibility. Thank you so much for chatting with us. I'm proud of you, Scott. Thank you very much. Great to see you again. <laughs> While you're listening, why not add some travel to your inbox? Sign up for my weekly travel updates at journeystocome.com. And now another successful Aussie living in Dubai. Join me for a chat with stylist Kat Labras and discover what it's like living in Dubai if you're a woman. Honestly, I absolutely love living in Dubai. Um, I don't think I can possibly say anything other than that being that I've now been here 12 years and it was never my intention to even be here more than three, I would say. Um, it's, it's such a diverse, big melting pot of so many different cultures and nationalities that it's such a big eye-opener to be able to be a part of all of that. And it's, it's so friendly. It's, it's a beautiful, friendly place. The, the natural culture is very welcoming. What is it like for women living here? Honestly, for women, I think there's a really big misconception um, that, you know, in the, the Arab world, um, women come second. But actually, there's a really nice, I would say, platform for women in the, in the UAE, especially. People, people really appreciate women and there are a lot of women's empowerment programs and, and it's very highly accepted here, obviously, for even Arabic women to work, to drive, to do all of those things that a lot of people think that women aren't allowed to do here. And then obviously as an expat as well, there's, it's a whole different ballpark as well. You know, we, we are just like everybody else. Um, how I am here or how I'm treated here is really no different to how I would be treated in Australia. So you know, I think there's, there's that misconception that really needs to be um, taken away from, from this part of the world. And again, I just love it here. Kat's sitting across from me in a stunningly beautiful silk tank top. Mm-hmm. And, and from Zimmerman, by the way, from, from Zimmerman. Australia. Hello. <laughs> But your shoulders are showing. My now, shoulders are showing. I'm not quite sure what is the deal with the etiquette over here. Mostly with the etiquette, um, I think during religious holidays such as Ramadan, which is coming up soon, you are expected to be a little bit more conservative. You're expected to be a little bit more modest, and yes, cover your shoulders, not wear things that are shorter than um, you know below your knees. Um, basically, just respect their culture. Uh, having said that. The rest of the year, you can be in denim cutoffs and a singlet, and as long as you're not too revealing, as long as you know you don't have a little bit of bottom cheek hanging out the bottom and, and all that kind of thing, then nobody will really even blink twice at you. I'm gathering with etiquette in general, it is just a matter of self-respect. It definitely is, and I think that could be said for the entire world, really, not just this part of the world. As long as, long as you're showing self-respect, absolutely, and respect to them and to their culture, then I think that it's absolutely fine. I know that you're having an absolute ball in regards to the fashion industry in general. I know that's a broad term for everything that you do. It seems to me that there is an event on every week here. Is that right? Uh, not even just every week, let's say almost every day. Dubai is extremely event focused. And I think, you know, the eye is on Dubai a lot at the moment worldwide. And so we have a lot of celebrities, a lot of designers, a lot of people coming through Dubai and brands hosting events for them. So we actually even, we're very spoiled. I, I'm, I'm almost a bit complacent nowadays. A celebrity is coming to Dubai and I'm like, oh yeah, I've met them three times. It's not a big deal anymore. Whereas, you know, maybe four years ago, I would have been beside myself with excitement. Mm-hmm. Well, have a wonderful time. We're very proud of you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. 
Travel is often best shared with friends and family. So please share this podcast with your travel companions and make sure you subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you collect your podcasts. Well, as you've heard, there are literally thousands of Aussies living in Dubai. So I asked Shane Jamison, an Aussie expat living and working in Dubai with his family, what makes it so popular? So I'm intrigued. What is the expat life like here in Dubai? It appears to be thriving. It appears everyone seems to be full of optimism and in love with their life here. Tell us the story. What's life like here? Life here is, it's a dream every day. Um, we start and we're not sure where the day is going to end and it's usually filled with so many different exciting exciting points and discoveries and journeys, whether that's at work or whether, you know, whether that's through traveling around the region and understanding more about where we are. So for me, Dubai is really a dream recognized um, and super exciting every day. So I'm very proud to be here. Why do you enjoy living here? From the outside, I'm, I'm asking this genuinely, you're in a desert, it's pretty warm. Um, I, I'm curious, I can tell you're in love with where you live, why? I think it's limitless options and limitless opportunities and whether that is the facilities that we have here in Dubai, world-class sports and recreation or whether it is um, opportunistic jobs and, and employment options as well in what's relatively a small region, uh, my industry being hospitality. but everything here seems to be able to move like clockwork and everything can get done very systematically and if you dream it and think it can happen so i think for me all of those points laid together just makes dubai an incredible place to live what is the etiquette that we need to follow when we come here like in any country i think just respecting culture <clears throat> excuse me and and respecting those around you and whatever that culture may be. Not everyone here um, is practicing Islam. So it's respecting whatever culture and people come to you. And I think that that's in any country of the world. I don't think that's specific to Dubai. I, I love raising my family here. Uh, it's very safe. And I, I feel that they have an ingrained respect for the region as, as do I, so. Is it safe here? I had people ask me that before coming over. Um, do you feel safe here? In a nutshell, I never lose sleep thinking that it is unsafe. I feel that Dubai is one of, if not the most safe city in the planet, um, with very, very to no crime. So I feel that for me, it's a great place to bring up a family, which is why that is the expatriate life that a lot of people, it's either the, the, the singles that come or the families that come, there's not much in between. So I feel very grateful that I'm here and able to bring up a family in this environment. It feels like it's a very multicultural community here. A melting pot altogether. It's it's like that choose your own adventure where your day starts, the people you interact with, the cultures you interact with. Uh, I can be having Indian breakfast from Kerala in the morning and finishing up with a fantastic Thai dish or an Arabic fusion or a five-star Italian of a night time. So you're, you're talking about this melting pot of cultures. I don't think you can see it anywhere else in the world, to be honest. What do they think of Aussies over here? that we have kangaroos no not so <laughs> not so much i mean they love australians i think they see australians very honest people and very straightforward and i think that's why there's a lot of successful business men and women here in dubai we're very straightforward straight to the point but with a with a polite etiquette and a very a very well-rounded humor i would say they, they like the aussies they love the aussies in fact what is his highness like 
the most incredibly inspiring man I've ever had the pleasure of, of meeting. Have I spoken to him? No. Have I met him on three occasions? And he's humble. He's a visionary. He's just about everything you could ever want in a leader and more. And I just think that he has turned this city into such a magical place that's accepting to everybody. Is that right that he really sees the future of Dubai in tourism? Oil is not going to last forever, so tourism is the future? Always have a second option. Always have something for the future and something to give way. I mean, oil is a natural resource. One day that will be gone, maybe not in our lifetime, but one day that will go. So how do you sustain something that's going to run out? You have a, a second second option. And I think he's incredibly visionary when it comes to sustainable cities. We have cities now that are completely run, uh, called Sustainable City, that is completely run on solar panels. Mm. And you don't get it. Your electricity bill is, uh, money is deducted by how much you put back into the grid from your solar panels. I mean, I don't know anywhere that operates like that. So it's an incredible, it's just an incredible way of looking at the world and the future and how we can, we can get there together. What are the hotels here like? It's on another level, isn't it? Well, I'd say the hotels here are what draws a lot of people. They are everything you could ever want in a hotel and more while at the same time I think de delivering levels of service that is unparalleled mm. um, I feel that they've drawn on the Arabic hospitality and that's something that I'm very very much um, loving and breathing and, and thriving on here very welcoming hospitality so when we when we look at the hotels here I think that uh, upon entrance you just feel like it's your house and we say, well, your house is your castle. Well, every single hotel you walk into here exhibits that, that kind of notion. So the hotels here are beyond anything you've ever seen. A lot of people would call it um, very much in line with Las Vegas. I would deny that and say that I feel that Las Vegas, while it's amazing, incredible and lights and dazzling, I'd say that Dubai is all of that, but with such a richer soul. And I think it's just a beautiful place to be. What are your children like about living here? You've got two children? Two boys, yeah, Freddie and Frankie. Um, they love living here because they can do anything they want. We have Olympic grade swimming pools where they do swimming lessons. They play indoor football and they've got the Manchester United Soccer Academy. Um, they love going to the movies and we have caramel popcorn here in the cinemas. You know, we, they, love, they love being kids and growing up here in a very safe environment where, I, I, as I said, I never lose sleep thinking something, you know, would, would happen to them here um, that's beyond my control. So I, I feel that they're happy every day the level of education here is extremely high mm. um and i just feel that they really enjoy the experience they love australia i love australia it's my home and uh, they love to get out and run a muck back home but they also run a muck here so it's it's actually parallel to what they would do back in australia i get this feeling that you are really in love with your life here oh i am katrina i i mean i'm i still call australia home and that that is forever going to be the case but I love Dubai, I love what it represents, and I love my life here. It's given me so many things to be grateful for. One son was born here, the other in Qatar, also here in the Middle East. And I think that I am just so privileged to have had this opportunity, and I'm, I'm grateful to everyone who has given me an opportunity to be here, because the life I live here, it makes me happy. It's hard work, it's definitely hard work, but I laugh every day. And I think that while you continue laughing, you've got to be grateful for that. So I'm just extremely humbled and grateful for that. How about you share your own travel pics and stories with the hashtag journeys to come. I am the sort of traveller that puts a lot of faith 
in the advice of flight attendants. Whenever I'm flying somewhere, a lot of people do this, I always ask the flight attendants, when you have time off, where do you go? What do you like to do? And when I was flying over here to Dubai, every single person I spoke to said, oh, you have to go and have coffee with Tom and Serge. And I didn't know what people were going on about, but every single person told me to do this. Now that I've landed, I realise Tom and Serge are, are two real people. Tom being a fellow from Geelong in Australia. Serge, I believe, is Spanish. And like selling ice to Eskimos, these two boys have created a coffee phenomenon over here. And the Arabians just absolutely adore what these guys have on offer. So here we are with Tom today. Hello, welcome. Explain what is going on here. Hi, Katrina. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, yeah, so yeah, I moved to Dubai um, back in 2010, actually, um, as, a, as a chef. Uh, that's what I do by trade. I'm, I'm a chef. Um, and worked for three years for a company over here, an Aussie company, actually. Um, and yeah, after that, just sort of saw a few gaps in the market and thought I'd go for it. Um, and myself and Serge uh, got together and, and got a warehouse in the industrial area and built a restaurant um, that was about 220 seats um, and we just served breakfast and lunch uh, and really, really good coffee based on the whole Melbourne coffee movement. So Dubai loved it. And now, cut to the chase. What's, what's the business look like today? <laughs> so now we have six restaurants in Dubai um, and we continue to grow every day. Um, We've got eight brands that are currently active in the market, including a coffee roastery and a bakery as well. What's it like doing business here? Uh, it's really good. It's really fun. Um, you know, there's a really good mix of people here. It's a very cosmopolitan city now. Um, and there's many, many opportunities. Uh, and as the city develops, it gets easier and easier. How do I explain to people what you offer? Because in a sense, what I'm seeing around here, I, I've kind of seen elements of it back in Melbourne. Um, uh, it's It's... You explain what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I suppose we're, we're, you know, Melbourne and Australian cafe culture and casual dining culture is just so diverse and it's multicultural and it really does um, appeal to a, 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 broad, a broad majority of people um, in, a, in a growing city like Dubai. Um, there's loads of expats here and they're looking for something that um, you know, ticks all the boxes when, when they're looking at a menu. Um, and you know, we, we, we really do try and take international flavours um, like you see in Melbourne um, and bring them to the world in Dubai and it's, it just seems to be working really well. So when I come over here, um, um, I, I look for the title The Sum of Us, that's, that's the, the cafe name, is that right? Um, how do you explain the success, the, the appeal of what you're providing? Why have people taken to it so much? Um, I don't know. I think it's just, it's, it's approachable, it's affordable, it's everyday stuff that, you know, it's part of people's daily routine. You know, we really want to make sure that people can easily come to our places every single day and, and enjoy it with their families and friends. And, you know, it should be that no-brainer, really. So I know the brunch scene is really huge here. Um, uh, what, what is that local life like? What's, what's the, the setup? They, have, they enjoy their brunch and, and the food culture is very big here as well, dinners. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a real brunch culture over here. Um, people love to go out and have the, the good Friday brunch because Friday is the start of our weekend here. Um, and it's usually quite boozy. Um, you know, the, the big hotels put on a big show and they put on big buffets and all that sort of stuff. And See, I don't think a lot of people know that you can even drink over here. People, people were asking me, what's, what's the bar culture like? It's huge. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, only, only in big hotels, though. Um, so the, the, the majority of the hotels will serve alcohol. Uh, we actually have two restaurants um, that serve alcohol. Uh, we have a Mexican restaurant uh, and a pub. So the Mexican restaurant um, is sort of that new wave sort of Mexican food that's sort of not Tex-Mex. It's sort of, you know, lots of citrus and coriander and fresh herbs and, you know, fresh chilies and stuff like that. And then we have a pub that's actually called Brunswick Sports Club. Um, named after Brunswick in Melbourne. Um, so that's, you know, just about craft beers and burgers and good sports. And, of course, we play the AFL. So, yeah, very good. Yeah. So it seems obvious that the brunch scene, that's looked after, dinner, and now you have introduced them to enjoying breakfast. Is that right? Uh, uh, well, maybe not single-handedly, but, you know, we, we've definitely had a good go at it. Yeah, it's, um, which just seemed to be one of those areas that was really open for uh, interpretation and, um, you know, it was very successful, yes. So you've kind of got a jump on the market and you're absolutely going for it. Is it, is it exciting for you to be doing business over here? What, what's, what's the future look like for you? Um, yeah, the future, we have big ideas. Um, you know, Dubai is developing and growing very, very quickly. Um, there's lots of disposable income here um, and there's lots of spending. So, and people use that on, on F&B and, 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 and going to restaurants. So, you know, it sort of has that really amazing feel here at the moment. It's sort of like the, the Silicon Valley of food. Um, so, yeah, big opportunities. And are you really following your instincts? This is what I like. This is what's doing well at home. I think they're going to like it here. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's all a guessing game. Uh, there's no right or wrongs in, in food and beverage and restaurants. So, um, yeah, you've just sort of got to analyse what you think people will like and look at the different demographics of people that are here and just be creative and make sure that you, um, you know, really take time to get to know your customer and, and give them the best experience possible. And what, what do you also have to follow in regards to etiquette over here? Uh, it's very relaxed, to be honest with you. I think, uh, you know, maybe a lot of people back home, you know, don't get the right um, perspective of what is actually happening over here. Uh, it's, very, it's very relaxed, very liberal, and, you know, that, that as long as you are a decent, kind, respectful person, you actually will have no problems at all. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We are very, very proud of all that you're doing and wish you all the very best for heaven knows what lies in front of you. <laughs> thank you very much, Katrina.